Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I have a very, very special gift for you as a tiny token of my gratitude and appreciation for you, for your attention, for your support. I am gifting us an interview from the archives with my dear friend and teacher, Richard Rudd. So Richard Rudd is the author of The Gene Keys, of The Art of Contemplation, and a number of other really profound and deep spiritual tomes. I had reached out to Richard almost one year ago uh, to have a conversation about heterarchy and hierarchy and synarchy and how exactly to evolve our culture for the better. Um, and this was all background information for the book that I'm finishing now, The Language of Betterarchy. And upon reviewing this interview, I thought this is too good to not share with you guys. So I am breaking from my usual structure and gifting this to you in its entirety here while still encouraging you to support me on Locals and or on Patreon, where you can normally find the second halves of all of my conversations. But again, this is my special gift to you. Before we get into it, I'm reminding you to please hit that subscribe button, to like and to share this with your nearest and dearest. And without any further ado, buckle up and enjoy my conversation with Richard Rudd. Tell me about your heterarchical. Okay, so I've been studying this for a few years, as you know, because I've pestered you a couple times. And the deeper that I dive into my book, and the gist is that patriarchy is not the issue. The issue is hierarchy. And until we're living in a heterarchical culture where there's no privilege, we're not gonna have an even playing field. And my angle, of course, is language. So I can see from examining the language, 
where hierarchy is inorganic and is not serving the highest interests, you know, at a fundamental programming level. And at the same time, I understand that there is natural hierarchy that that, that just naturally exists. So I'm curious, like how we're to create a hierarchical society while at the same time honoring natural hierarchy and what that balance will mm -hmm. be and how that will look. Yeah, that's such a good question. <laughs> well, should we get into that? I'd love to. Um, I mean, my so so my my take on it is that you have because you know I love threes and trinities, so you have uh, heterarchy which is horizontal and hierarchy which is vertical, and then you have synarchy which is the com is the correct and organic balance of the two working together. And um, a lot of people kind of misunderstand synarchy as a term, and uh, I've noticed this, and I, I will do my best to remedy that. It's quite a it's, it's a it's a mystical term in a way. Anyway, it takes quite a, a deep um, contemplation to penetrate it, because you know, as you know, in Jinkies, it's it's also the name for one of those cities, one of those higher states. So that, it's, but it's so it's something you kind of have to really wrap your whole being around um, because it kind of transcends our dualistic understanding it, it, because it's beyond dualism. Um, so the way, one way to understand it is um, it is that it is that natural organic balancing, but, but what people often think is that they think synarchy is the same as heterarchy. Um, so they think when I'm talking about synarchy, it means everyone's equal and everyone has this, um, you know this sort of horizontal order where where there's a balance and and there there can be a great creativity in that as well like it like people have found in in businesses or in organizations that um heterarchical models work really well they tend to work well this is my understanding they tend to work well in departments um, but they don't tend to work well overall because no control overall or no you know it's like it can be a bit of a soup but in a department, like let's say a creative department, it's amazing. So you have no one in charge and you have, it's like the brain firing all this, you know, with complete liberation, complete freedom. Um, but the barrier, the, you know, the boundary is kind of, is, is not, is, is outside the room, you know, the bound, but it's not bounding the ideas. So in that sense, heterarchy is like, um, an incre it's, it's what we need to, to kind of get to the next level and in a way because hierarchy is that hierarchy on its own uh, we all know what that does that creates you know it creates division and it creates you know rich and poor and it creates deeper and deeper divisions in society and it creates you know all the divisions that we see today and worse um particularly from the past you know and, and control and those in control and those are not in control and it creates territorial disputes and all of, you know, we know the story and, and that's what, why, what you're pointing your laser at. Um, and, and yet I would argue that heterarchy isn't the answer on its own um, because it, although it's an, it might be the next step, you know, because it, and we need to get used to it. So we need to play with it. But I, I'll give you an example um, of a heterarchy um, that I've witnessed for, for over a decade, which is our local, my local Steiner school where my kids have gone to school. And it's very heterarchically um, 
organized or it used to be it's less so now um and and so you have these groups which were called mandate groups which are groups of parents and teachers and and contributors you know stakeholders in the school in different ways and they come together and deal with different problems in these different pools and the whole thing was very creative um and um everything took a lot longer <laughs> but the you know than it would if it was a hierarchy if a, you know you could yeah and you sometimes felt yourself missing a hierarchy you felt like oh i wish there was someone in charge just to say <laughs> let's get on with things um but actually what you've got from heterarchy is relationships so you got to know people and you got to listen to people and you got to empathize with people and and that's what's missing in hierarchy often you know that you you have these divisions and and but then but then the, in the heterarchical model there there was there wasn't enough kind of uh, of the hierarchical ordering you know there wasn't enough of the kind of natural pushing things forward and and in it, so it lacked efficiency and so you saw energy ultimately leaking and money leaking and time and people exhausted and overwhelmed over time because the amount of time it took to to work things out in that way although what you got was a wonderful sense of community right but then the end it also kind of fell apart that model and it had you know anyway i won't go into what happened but um it was a really great teaching for me witnessing it and at times being part of it and and sort of feeling the loveliness of it and then the frustration of it as well and and hearing it hearing it from others and and so um synarchy is is that balancing is where you where you kind of in a way you need to start i feel you need to start with a hierarchical feeling and a model and then you can gently bring in the hierarchy or you don't even bring it in you kind of tune into it because it's already there like you said it's organic and it's and it's not about um well th there is leadership in it actually um but it's not leadership from uh from the old way it's not a lead the leader doesn't kind of um volunteer or even that you know they're usually kind they're usually located by the group you know uh, quite simply and and i it's another thing that i often find is you know nowadays you probably know this i'm sure you do like, like there's all these kind of there's in the, in the business world and the corporate world all the talk is about leadership how to be a good leader how to be a leader leadership conference leadership this leadership empowerment leadership mentoring leadership oh my god it's like exhausting and the irony is that not everyone can be a leader you know you know like everyone can it can kind of or not everyone's designed to be a leader um in in a way and there are different forms of leadership for sure there are different qualities and styles and modes and yet not you you know if you if you don't have that capability you really wouldn't want to be one it, you know you'd feel the pressure of being in the wrong place like i i don't want i don't want these responsibilities i don't want this because it's not easy being a leader um because you you draw the projections you brought you know you have to you you have to have a certain kind of set of qualities um for sure you have to have mo probably one of the most important i would say is is listening the ability to listen you know um so that would mark out a leader in a way like in a hierarchy those who listen really well are actually those who you could trust um 
and and so that's how a hierarchy kind of start to find itself within a heterarchy but and then that starts to crystallize into a synarchy and then it's almost like you don't really have leaders you just have people who take different layers of responsibility so if you think of society if, if you think of like a town or a city and you go well there's the lord mayor and then there's at the other end of the of the spectrum there's the street sweeper and then there's all the roles in between that help the city kind of function and the shopkeepers and the you know all of that and yet you know the person in the right place who loves that place is the person is that is the that is their role and it's it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be any more important than the person who has a great a, a greater sort of um responsibility externally but in in a in one sense they don't have a greater responsibility that's just the way we see it like the street the street sweeper has an equal responsibility you know do you know what i mean there's an that's where the equality is it's 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 only when the when we come in and we we bring our fearful ideas of well control and the controlled and the leader and the follower whereas in fact the ideal in a synarchy is that everyone just everyone is living their higher purpose and that's why you know like I, i've been connecting recently with this lovely man daniel levin and he's written this book called the mosaic do you know him no, is no. he? The, he's not the one who you've been doing the reincarnation series with. No, that's Chris. Chris okay. Beige. He's also a lovely man. Um, <laughs> but no, Daniel Levin. He's written this book called The Mosaic, and then it's it's a, a series of of it's a it's the journey of a child who meets a series of people in, in you know, and so each chapter is named after the person. And there's a mirror maker. There's a there's a shoemaker. There's a street sweeper. There's a you know there's a wise one. There's a you know, and, and all these people together form the mosaic of life. And they all have different sort of fractal views of reality, but because they're in the right place and they're living their higher purpose, then they're in the place where their genius resides. And so that, so the street sweeper is, is every, you know, is, is, is doing something every bit as powerful as the Lord Mayor at the top, you know, at the, at the top of the external hierarchy. So it's really about people being in the right places, um, which means you have to have people who can listen at all levels and people who, you know, have transcended their egos and, and, their, and who've, who've gone through a process of letting go. And they've realized that, you know, success is not about achievement. They've realized that, you know, success and failure are kind of a game that once you've exhausted it, you actually come to a place where you're actually not looking for success anymore. You're looking for fulfillment and fulfillment is a very different thing from success. So that's the kind of the ideal of synarchy. So it's, di it's difficult unless you <laughs> unless you have a lot of people who are beginning to find their higher purpose in life and then they find their center of the it's, it's an omnicentric model in that sense they find their center in the synarchy but there's no longer the role is 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 unimportant it's it's like uh, the ancients say you know the if you look inside you know the wise ones will say if you look inside two human beings a king and a and a poor and a beggar 
or a queen and a beggar or whatever, you know, president and a beggar, that if you look deep inside each of them, you see the same formlessness. It's just, you know, we are, we are the formless. So when we realize the formless and we find that love inside us, the role, it doesn't matter. The, the role is just the role that wraps itself around you. So I'm wearing these clothes, you're wearing these clothes. And so it's an ideal synarchy, but it's, uh, so it's where we're moving towards. Um, and I think what you've put your finger on Danny is that heterarchy is probably the first step to, to learn again, because it's where we learn the listening. So I don't know, how, how does that land with you? Yeah, it, it definitely, a lot of the pieces are landing and it sounds like, yeah, exactly as you're saying that heterarchy is a place, it's a, a phase through which a natural, more loving, authentic, aligned, natural, organic hierarchy may possibly emerge if that's what's right for the whole. Is that what I'm getting, but not necessarily like its own sustainable thing? Since heterarchy remains such a, you know, like I've been studying holacracy and other sort of implementation, but yeah, when we go to the larger, you know, the larger overarching structures, it just doesn't seem super viable to all of a sudden get rid of hierarchy, but were a natural hierarchy to emerge with people not being attached and people leading in service to the whole, not out of any egoic thing, then hierarchy doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. Is that the gist? Exactly. And you, what you can have is you can have lots of clusters of heterarchies kind of connected to each other through, you know, hierarchical strands, if you like. So um, I don't know, one of the one of the um, models that I've I kind of I, I want to experiment with, which I haven't yet, is I don't know if you were aware of the, my Delta program. Have you done the Delta? You've done three. Oh, good for you. Well, so you'll know, like, um, that's the beginning uh, because it's, you know, but then the next stage of the Delta, there's another stage of the Delta, I don't know if you knew about that, um, where um, you have three Deltas, 77 people, three sevens, um, go into a pool. So you have 20 people, 21 people, and they go into this, this new form together. And it consists of three fives at the corners it's like it's it, it has a geometry to it so it's a it's a it's a collective form it's a collectivity so it has three groups of five and one in the middle of six and um and it's the the three ones on the corners which i borrowed a term from human design called the penta pentas um they are they are kind of called the love penta the the action penta and the mind penta and so, you know, the wisdom penta. So you have love, wisdom, and act action. And then in the middle is the hive. It's like the mind, the hive mind. And there's three, there's six people, and, there's, and they're in three pairs. And each pair communicates with one of the, one of the pentas. So it's like, it's like this tetrahedral shape. And the six are all connected, and they discuss things together. And the information passes from the penta who make their decisions who come up to the hive and then the hive feed it back out to the three. So the community, that's the theory, right? And, it, and then, and anyway, and then this group of people that, so what's gonna happen when we trial it is this group of 21 people who've already done the deltas. So they already kind of understand how collective mind works. 
to a degree. They're given a challenge and their challenge is you 21 people have to enact a philanthropic deed in the world, right? You have to do it, right? You've got as long as you need, you, you're, you can do it. You have to organize it yourself. You have to self-organize. You have to figure it out. These are your roles. You know, so these three thrusters of the Pentas, this one, this group is its job is to make sure that it stays on track through love. You know, so you don't lose the empathy. You don't lose the reason, the heart reason why you're here. And then the wisdom one is like tracking. Okay, we need to be really clear about this. Like it's great to be loving and all that, but we're like we're like focused on like well, let's have some clarity. Let's have some clear plans of how we go about this. And then the action one, obviously, their role is to make sure that things happen. So, but between the three of them, they're kind of networked together as a as a whole. So, it, I'm I'm sh I'm sharing this because it's an example of theoretically, anyway, because we haven't trialed it yet, how um, a collectivity could operate um, through through heterarchies networked together. Um, but you see, it's almost like that it, there is a hierarchy. It's very subtle, but it's not it's not a normal hierarchy. Um, there's almost a hierarchy of of communication. You know, um, but everyone's even there because everyone's the thing it needs to listen to itself. You know, every every person needs to be listening to the whole. And that's like an advanced. That's how an advanced civilization might operate. And you know, where is the hierarchy of communication in this structure? Well, because the, the, the hive in the middle, those six people, their responsibility is to filter and interpret what each penta says and then share that back with the group. So they have a specific responsibility to get so, it clear and they have to check, you know, so that's they're in a way the, the kind of the brain. So it's, it's a subtle form of hierarchy, but it's not a up down. It's just there's a there's a way in which the communication has to happen. It's like passing the talking stick in a circle. You know, that's the rule. Here are the rules of communication. So that's all I mean by the, there's a structure mm -hmm. form. It feels like that. for yeah. that to succeed, that trust is so key. Like everyone in the penta has to really trust those six beings in the middle to be able to accurately translate. Yeah what they're wanting is that is trust building part of totally yes and and so the so the so the pair here that are communicating with the love painter for example they have to check with them is this exactly what you want us to say to the whole is this is our interpretation um and and you know would you like is that are you okay with that so they have to kind of check that and then they get the okay hopefully um and so you have a kind of consensus that hopefully builds Okay. But there may have to be also kind of checks and balances built in where each penta has to kind of because there might be disagreements or dissonances like um, and so you've got to keep the energy moving. Um, so we don't really know how it will work with current um, human beings. Right. But <laughs> one could imagine how uh, in the future with a more advanced awareness that might be how our civilization is designed to operate. Um, and so in a way, when you look at things like that, it's, a, it's an out of the box way of thinking, you almost kind of eliminate heterarchy and hierarchy. You, that's, that's, that's a glimpse of synarchy um, because it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not dealing with either, it's dealing with both, but it, you know, 
because because it's all built into the the system itself but i i kind of feel like i, I don't know in the glimpses i've had of collective intelligence um that's how i see it working something like that where um decisions kind of get made you know through a pro through an alchemical process mm -hmm. that takes place in small groups and those groups have to get to know each other really well so that they can totally trust what's going on in the in the in the group and then they can feed that and and then they they have to yes you're right trust the hive and then they communicate out and and they're hearing feedback coming from the other ones that's feedback to their feedback um but and you're getting kind of at different levels feedback so they then process those two other layers of feedback and the hive people they, they don't add their own interpretation Ooh, that's, that takes a real yeah clean system <laughs> it does it does and that's there that's their journey Totally. You know, like, because they have to meet as a six and in pairs. And, um, and also in that system, um, you, you get, you know, the idea is that you land in your place and you don't move. You stay in that place. Mm -hmm. um, and so you stay in that place until the philanthropy is done. Um, so your job is that job. It's that role. And you've landed there for a reason with those people for a reason in order that you can, you know, find this higher harmony so it's an example of how how it how it might work yeah i'm learning the deeper i go into this study that heterarchy is a big leap into the unknown since there is no fixed structure and i just started a group here a solution salon and we're aiming for a hierarchical structure and we're not going with the idea that there's no leader, it's that wisdom is the leader. And our job is to tune in and we don't know who it's going to want to speak through at any given moment. But the big piece that I'm noticing now is that the most awakened, expansive, loving leaders or potential leaders want nothing to do with that role or responsibility. That's what I'm finding in my world is the people who seem like would be the best just want nothing to do with it. Mm. I think that's that's what marks them out as good for the role. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, one of the one of the uh, I don't know if you were you at any of my uh, things where I any of my events where I um, where we organize people into the line numbers. Did you? Ever, yeah. Were you there? Were you I in was a, at on Cortez Seven Sacred yeah. Did we do that there? Yeah, we were both one lines. Oh, cool. So that was a good example, again, of how a synarchy kind of builds itself through through humans, um, you know, playing different structural roles in the in the overall reality. Because remember, the first lines all start in the middle and, and the, we ask them to stand alone in, in case anyone, you know, because you might you know what I mean, but people who are listening to this might not know. So. You, a group of people and you get all the all the first line people to go into the middle and stand alone and everyone else is around the outside and um and each group has to feel like feel what's it like to be that first line to be that alone to be that like that entrepreneur that sort of anchor alone and there are other ones next to you but there's a space between you you know and and uh, but there's a relationship within the space but there's still like you're alone and then the second lines come in and the second lines form bonds, you know, they, they, they form one to one bonds. So they find a first line and they bond with them 
you know, like, you know, in chemistry and they connect them. And then there's a relationship that builds and there's something magical when that happens because, you know, you suddenly have a kind of pregnant uh, vessel. And there might be also a few ones that aren't, that don't get bonded with because there aren't enough or maybe there are too many, you know, so there's a, you know, and, and that's also life. Sometimes there's some floaters, you know, <laughs> waiting to bond. Um, or there's some first lines waiting to be discovered in their basements, you know, and 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 that's how it is. There's always like that kind of camp, that that choreography at work of of waiting for the right moment. But then the third lines come in, and their role is to um, what were they? They were just to form little uh, groupings of of five or less, right? So. They can like cluster. They can cluster together. You got to have. I, I think it's like. I think it's five. I think we said it depends how many people you have, but it's it's small clusters anyway. Families in a way. Um, so they create families. So you've got these little units of five or less. These pentas. These groups um, who are just like floating. And but the moment the threes come in, there's war. There's a real bubbling warmth that enters the room because it's not just the intensity of of a pair or a relationship or a partnership. You know, which is, could be the foundation, for example, of a business, or it could be the foundation for a marriage, or it can be the foundation for a family, or any, anything. Um, but then, when you have the third one, you have a little family, you have a child, you have a kind of third witnessing energy. So, uh, or more, you might have. You know, you have different. You know, in a five, there's different pairs. There's threes. There's four. There's a four. There's a. You know, there's one left out. If there's a four, there's all these dynamics. And so there's this kind of richness and energy and bubbling energy so, and, and laughter often. And it can be pain as well and, um, because one leaves or it splits up and then it forms another one. And those are the little family units. And then when the fourth lines come in, their job is to make sure that there's not a single person disconnected. So they connect up all the units. You know, they're the networkers and they connect together all those units so that there's a big chain. They're the links of culture. So those fourth lines, that's how they bind, you know, they bind families, groups. Um, they kind of bind together one cluster, one silo with another silo and they kind of bridge whole networks. And, and that's an incredible role because then, then you have, when the fourth line comes in, you have we for the first time. You know, you have we. It, in, it, if you look at the pronouns, they follow this. So, so it's I is the first line. You, singular, that's the relationship. He, she, or it, that's when you're looking at another cluster over there, going, look at that, look at he, and look at that one, look at that, she, look at that, you know, look at that. Um, and then um, four is when it's a we. Suddenly there's no one left out. And then when you have five, the leaders, the, the kind of traditional, they're not traditional, but the, the five is the leader and they come in and they all stand around the circle like uh, pillars, but they're facing outward. That was the way we did it. So they face outward. And I don't know if you remember how that felt, Danny. It was quite powerful. I don't remember, remember that specific, I don't remember the five line exercise, but I mean, I remember the yeah. whole thing was so powerful. It's quite powerful because you, for the first time, you know, the fifth the fifths the the fifth lines they are kind of they're holding the responsibility of the whole they're shouldering it you know and that uh, you know and that's why they're looking outwards 
um, because they're kind of they've got your back you've got their back you know they're they're your spokesperson and you can feel that the the kind of the responsibility of that and the courage of that and the humility of that and and um and also the protection actually of that it feels protective you feel you know you feel like wow the power of having someone who you know you can trust who you know and you realize for the first time what what those people actually you know how that's that's a rarer role you know um and it, not everyone can do that you know it's a certain predisposition soul energy or a genetic energy or whatever you want to do however you want to look at it does that anyway, coincide with the role of the five line to kind of track transpersonally yeah everyone yes okay absolutely and ultimately actually it's the fifth line is the most generous in that way it's like it's the most magnanimous it's like it's in some respect it's the humblest because it because it takes on the it says okay i will take on the projections for the for for all of you you know i'll take them and uh, and and you know whatever that does you know if they take them well then it you know it's their generosity that just transforms them and you're you of course one two three and fourth lines are then in full support of that so the fifth line gets all the support of of those it's representing you know and out of this structure has has kind of formed our hierarchies in in you know social hierarchies throughout history but it, of course it's all about the frequency of the individuals you know because that's a natural i haven't got to the sixth line yet but that's a natural um way in which humanity is designed to operate you know and you can see the whole history of humanity in that from the from the cave dwellers the neolithic humans you know the isolated little groups the first partnerships all of that you know social hierarchies buildings heterarchies building um and then you can see like the the tyrants and the leaders and the pashas and the kings and the emperors and the warriors and the you know, you can see them all, you can see the whole thing kind of in its, in its kind of grisly glory and, and how it's led, but it, so underneath hierarchy is actually something pure, but it's about the, it's about the energy inside the individuals mm -hmm. um, and how, we, you know, we, once we make it to the next tier of consciousness, we'll restore natural synarchy you know and the, and the six lines kind of key because in the current hierarchical model of the planet the six lines have been left out you know because the six that you know that's the nature of the six line it always feels left out in a, in a hierarchy in a hierarchy that isn't fully functioning in a healthy way there are no healthy six lines and so the six lines don't feel like they have a role in that and, and their role is really you know their deepest role is philanthropy is to see and vision is to see on behalf of the whole is to see even beyond the leaders it's to be able to kind of see well you know how the leader's doing as well but it's it's to be able to be in each one of the other parts the one the two the three the four the five and to have in a way the six line has to move through all those roles in in their life to understand them all and so it's only when they come really later in their life that's why they say in your 50s chiron return that the sixth line kind of develops its um its wisdom you know and and it's and and then it can share that wisdom but its wisdom is a living wisdom rather than the kind of 
you know knowledge wisdom right. it's, it, and 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 it's it brings it you know so so the six lines are often if there's a balcony we put them up on the balcony and they can look down and then we invite them to come down and they're always a little bit nervous about coming and joining in and you can be anywhere in the in the group you can be a five you can be a four you can experiment with any of them because you're the only one that knows you're none of them so you're the one that is here to kind of remind us all of what synarchy is and how far it can take us into the future and to in, and fulfill our dreams um and our goals our highest goals and stuff so um in like if you look at current day business um for example you don't see a lot of it's beginning actually with the sustainable movement you know with people that are concerned finally about the environment with people like you who are talking about heterarchy people who are talking about eq and listening and you know these are all the kind of teachings of the sixth line coming in going like it's it's not just our generation it's about future generations. It's about layers. It's the whole of humanity. You know, we just, it's not about our little lifetime. It's about built, it's like the people that built those cathedrals, you know, um, that was beyond a lifetime, that work. And, and, and it's that, that's a metaphor, you know, cause I'm not wanting to glamorize what possibly happened in those times, but it's, you know, that's how it is. It's like, we're building these, this this new world but we have to kind of think beyond our generation and it takes a sixth line thinking process to do that and that and when i say all this by the way it doesn't it doesn't really matter which you know because you might go well which line you know it's not about what you are it's just about you know if you happen to know gene keys you can look at that and you can probably extrapolate some value from that for yourself but actually it's more important just to see that's how that's how the whole of life works. So we have all of those lines in our lives. You know, we're all looking for relationships and love. We have to deal with family, you know, or, or, or business, you know, small groups. And we have to deal with community. That's the fourth line. And we have to deal with leaders. That's the fifth line or tyrants. And the sixth line is the one that's just coming in. It's from the future. It's like a, it's an awareness that's, kind of coming alive online in us and it's the one that understands synarchy um so it, so a business now so i'm going on but a business now that kind of asks the fundamental question of what is our true higher purpose that or, you know or a country or an organization anything that asks that what how can we be of the greatest service to the whole that's the question of the sixth line if it lives that line, if a country were to have the amount, that courage to ask that question and then live it, that country would flower, you know, in an amazing way. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that'd be a good thing to get into governments. So such a good thing. I'm curious about, you mentioned the school that you were involved in and how it wasn't necessarily efficient and things were slower. And I'm wondering how much our distorted relationship to time interferes with the natural process of undoing the hierarchical distortions that really need to be undone. Did that school ultimately just fall apart? No, it mutated. Some of them did, you know, some of them do. Hierarchy, you know, heterarchy is an experiment. Mm -hmm. um, so wherever you see it, in society um sometimes it 
it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, it has to mutate, it has to change uh, in order to kind of, so, uh, you know, again, it depends on, you know, it can't really survive indefinitely unless it's part of another, like I said, the example of a, of a department and then it could survive indefinitely almost because it's protected in a hierarchical model. And as long as that hierarchical model is, is fueling it and those people are being paid, it can stay, you know, right. but, then the, but then the question is, how is the hierarchical model paying for it? You know, right. so it's not ideal, it's, but it's just an example of they can live, but and the, until it gets translated to the whole, that fragrance of heterarchy, then the whole can't really, you know, we all have to, what I'm saying is we all have to awaken together. You know, it, that's what the Bodhisattva vow is all about. Like until everyone is awake, we can't all be awake. You know, we can't, you, there can't be the full awakening unless everyone's awake. I think that, you know, the Buddha, you know, had that realization at some level, like absolute awakening requires everyone to be awake. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's relative awakening. You know, it's individual awakening, which, it, you know, you've merged with the formless. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> and the, the rest of us <laughs> are still here. <laughs> so um, that was what the whole Bodhisattva vow is. I'm going to give up my Nirvana and I'm going I'm to stay here until the very end, until the very last person gets it. You know, which is such a beautiful uh, concept. You know, it's very, very, it's the ultimate six line concept, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, I wonder if, because I, I wonder how much, um, now I, I asked this, but I'm gonna ask it again of like, I, I do feel like the hierarchical phase is going to require a slowing down and a shift in our devotion to efficiency. And it's, I feel like it's gonna require a different timing because it is experimental and because it is elevating or prioritizing human relationship over bottom line and, and profits and whatnot. And my other piece is that I'm wondering, are we going to ultimately evolve out of natural hierarchy? Like, or natural hierarchy like social when you walk into a room and you can feel who top dog is and and who isn't and will we ultimately evolve out of that i think it i think it will take i think you're right it requires a slowing down because listening requires slowing down and so it does require a shift in principles where we even see efficiency as, as something different, you know, it, like um, like t timing of um, you know, yeah, it's it's like we have to we do have to find a, a a different kind of way of being with each other. It's like um, you know, if you if you really get to the basis of what matters in, to people in life, particularly for people who are dying, you know, it's always relationships and love. And those are the things that have meant the most. And so when, when, when people really get that, they realize, God, none of this stuff really matters. Mm -hmm. 
but this matters. The thing that really matters is spending time with people you love or, or creatures you love or, you know, with each other. Love is the thing yeah. that matters. And it kind of requires that we do change, you're right, just change our, our kind of way of operating. It yeah, feels and sacrifice efficiency to a degree. Yeah, and I well, I also feel like it's just may, yes, sacrifice, but also maybe just shifting the definition. You mm. know, that's always my preference. Instead of saying something's like wrong, it's just like let's shift it towards yeah. har harmony. You know, because I see my impatience in my hierarchical group of like we're not getting things done, and then realizing we it's about harmony and knowing one another and trusting and being being able to pass the talking stick and know when to listen. It's just my sense, I don't know. But as I, as I, you know, for me, it's all about the language. And the deeper I study this, the more I've come to understand natural hierarchy and how it, it is there, it really exists. But as I also see, you know, language creates everything. It is the tool that creates our reality. So as we root unnatural hierarchy out of our languaging, and we start speaking a, a truly inclusive and equal loving language, then I don't see how the reality that we program would continue to configure as hierarchy when that's rooted out of the language. And then that's where my mind just is like, well, I, I can't even conceptualize what that would be and how we would choose to self-organize without that tool mm. programming us. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. But then when I, I go to as above, so below, are there dimensions that are operating without hierarchy at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've all they no, where they transcended and included it. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So it's but but by transcending and included it, they've also vaporized it in some way. You know, it's 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 kind of it, it's no longer a thing. Mm -hmm. It's just part of harmony part of the of the beautiful harmony mm -hmm. and and that's the thing about harmony like once you feel once you hear harmony between a, let's say a group of musical instruments you you cease to hear the individual instruments mm -hmm. you just hear the harmony you know and 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 you not just hear it but it transports you to another realm but i think the other i think the other process you're right is about language is um the language of of energy is is crucial like understanding the configurations of energy and how it is transmuted by a group is really important i did this thing a while ago um of the six phases of that do you remember that one it begins with dissonance mm -hmm. you know so that was again six lines but you know so the first line is dissonance so in, a, in any group, in your group, like really listen, first of all, like where is there a dissonance? You know, and it's, and, and it, it's not coming from a specific person, although it might, it might come through one person's language and it might dissonance, you might feel a dissonance in the group, but it's actually the groups. You know, if the group is there for the purpose of transformation, it, it no longer distinguishes, you know, but the, in terms of blame, it just goes, that person's, tuning into the dissonance that's actually already here and they're representing it in some way so let's listen to them and let's feel it with them 
And because you all feel it, the moment you hear dissonance, you're like, oh, how could you say it that way? Or I don't agree with the way you phrased that, or like that's really uncomfortable, or it's just in their tone, or it's anger, or it's something that kind of forms an energy in you that's uncomfortable. And in a group, everyone feels it. Um, and and so the key is not to sort of get hooked on the person that's brought it, but to listen to them and to realize it's part of the group, as part of the collective. And um, and then when you let it in, the, the second phase is feedback, and the feedback is really important because the feedback is just that is like, oh that hurts. You know, it's like feedback can be like a reaction. It can be like, oh, I just I don't know, you know, that just hurts when I hear you say that or that, you know, it's just it needs to hear. It can be anger. It can be it just has to come out. It's like it's kind of it has to come out in its purity and hopefully it'll come out without um, projection, um, but it still needs to come out. So it could come out as crying or, or, or anger or kind of a shout or some, you know, that's feedback. It's like comes out without any um, anything in the way. And, and that's about yeah. the first one before we move too yeah. far away, because yeah. I know this is something that comes up in the conversation about heterarchy is it gets confused with like socialism or communism. So where does personal responsibility come in in terms of seeing this person as speaking the dissonance for the group itself? Yeah, that has to be that is a really good point. That has to be um, everyone in the room has to agree to that. So you need to have some basic principles you know, in the in a in a in any group. So you've got to start with those principles, those agreements. Okay. Like this is, you know, basic agreements that we we will behave in this way. We will own our own things. And 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 we but the for the, those who are listening, we will also own how it makes us feel when someone else shares something uncomfortable. You know, um, and we'll own our own projections. Um, and as best we can. You know, so some, but sometimes someone might need to share their projection because it's just the part of the feedback, it comes out and they may not see that for a while, you know, because it's still quite early in the process. So the feedback is like, it just has to come out into the room, you know, so you, you let people, but then they're, they're still, you know, we're still owning as best we can what's going on inside us. And yet we also have to kind of allow a bit of, you know, if we're too kind of goody-goody, it's like we're too, you know, if we're too controlled, then the energy of the feedback can't kind of come out. So there has to be a balance there, like share it, let it come out, but also maintain that, that kind of self-responsibility as much as you can. But then everyone has to also do their best to allow things to come up, emotions especially. So it feels um, like it requires a for the participants to be operating at a certain level, I don't know if it's necessarily a second tier, but going back to the Bodhisattva conversation that like, it's gonna take a, a certain degree of collective expansion to be able to operate in, you know, and sustain a, a hierarchy. I think so, yeah. I, although, you know, um, Often in a group, you know, that feeling like the, the, there's, a, there's a group of people that, that kind of resonate and then there's one or two who kind of seem like they are kind of on another plane um, or sort of stuck. And 
I, you know, it's like I always remember uh, Trungpa saying, you know, bring that woman back. Um, when they took that, you know, he went away and there's this one woman in his organization that just caused chaos. And when he was gone away on retreat, they kicked her out. And then he came back however many months later and he said, where is she? <laughs> She's the linchpin of the whole community, bring her back. You know, and finally they were all like at peace. <laughs> but it took Trungpa's level of consciousness yeah. to be able to recognize that, yeah. to rebalance the whole yeah. Yeah, so you so those people are are not that you know they're kind of they're holding something important. They're holding a part of the trauma of the whole, and and they also really need you know they might need more patience. That you know they they're there for a reason. If they've arrived and they're there, they're there. It's like in the Delta experiment. If you get someone in your group who's really traumatized, out of all the hundreds of people who've been who've landed in these deltas this person's landed in your seven people right and you've got to deal with them for seven weeks and you've got to you know listen to that and and hold that but it's and it's and it's the net it's the perfection of the synchronicity that's landed them with you because so, each of those other six people or five people or six people who are dealing with that or five five of you who are dealing with that other well with six of you who are dealing with that person and their energy and that whatever it is it's exactly what you need. It's the dissonance, you know, like you've got seven, seven strands and a harp and one of them's completely out of tune and it affects all the others. And so you have to kind of tune all of them to cut, you know, it's not only about that one, twisting, twisting, twisting and getting it right. They all have to tune a bit more to kind of bring that balance back. So everyone has to stretch. But what an amazing opportunity. And of course, yes, sometimes that person or that energy lands there and then it jumps out, you know, and that's also part of the process. It can't make, so if you maintain that state of forgiveness, patience, harmony, higher vision, and you maintain that around that person, um, they either heal or leave, you know, and, and that's like, you have to, you know, in, in the Delta, for example, you get seven weeks to see, you know, and by the end of those seven weeks, something's happened or they've gone, right. <laughs> you know, um, probably they've, they've, they've gone through a healing and everyone's gone through a healing. I don't know if you experienced that at all, but it's because it's different each group. So yeah. anyway, um, well, I don't know where we were, but. Um, I, I had interrupted you after you had done the second line. <laughs> yes, okay, the feedback. And then, well, we can just carry on chatting about it. But um, then the third line is alchemy. And they don't sort of, it, you know, it's all part of, it's all a flow, you know. So as soon as you feel the dissonance, the alchemy begins, you know. And the, But it's just our way of breaking it down so we can understand the process. And the alchemy is... Um, is is the third line and the alchemy is is this process when a group is in mid transformation and it's kind of scary and it's at times or it, it can be funny i guess uh, um it can be very confusing um because you, you don't really know where you're going you don't know whether this is right you don't you you you're probably you know it's, it's the time you're likely to doubt or question is, you know why am i here is this working what's you know all those things come up because it's the third line process you don't know um the alk you're in the crucible 
And it's a really important process to honor. You know, it's, this is in any transformational process. I'm describing something universal. So this can happen in a conversation with, a, with someone. This can happen, you know, within a relationship over years. You can come in, you can move into an alchemical phase with someone in your, I mean, I've, you know, I've been through them with my wife, you know, where you go into, you know, there's dissonance that comes up, you know, and then there's, a, there's events that take place and, and then there's feedback and there's discomfort and then there's the alchemy and you're like, are we going to, are we going to make it through this? And, and no one knows. And you, and, and then the phase four is sharing, you know, cause I, I'll just roll it out and sharing is when, you kind of begin to lift free of the alchemy phase and some some part of you starts to kind of be able to share it's different from feedback which is just the raw like feedback of a you know if you think of a speaker you know when you when it goes like that's feedback can be like that it's kind of like oh it just comes out whereas sharing is is coming from the soul it, it's a had to go through alchemy and then the sharing comes out and the sharing can be tears or it can be, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a truly authentic expression of something in the deep in the group soul, something deep in humanity's soul, you know, some deep wound or some deep yearning or something that everyone relates to. But when it comes, when, when that level of sharing comes, it sort of creates silence around. It's like, wow, wow. Or sometimes like when someone shares from deep within their soul, deep their vulnerability and everyone's like, wow, some, you know, this is, this is the result of the alchemy. And then it kind of often has, you know, a knock on effect. Someone else shares and then someone else shares. Um, and, and there's this kind of presence that return, starts to return. And then line five is distillation uh, where it's almost it's the end it's kind of the final it's the conclusion where everyone's you know so uh, sometimes it comes through one person who just distills everything who just uh, you know who's in their sharing they they just manage to kind of bring everything and they and they sort of speak the essence and everyone gets it but often it's come from one person sometimes the most least likely person you know the one that's been quiet or the one that's you know, you don't expect. And they, you know how that often happens in a group, the one that's quiet for a long time, then suddenly speaks later in the process and they like come out with some incredible wisdom. And you're like, wow. And everyone's like, that's it. <laughs> and then the process is kind of done. And then the sixth line is gratitude. And that's what everyone's feeling. Everyone feels it. And, and that's, consensus you know so that's the process that has to take place in every heterarchical unit it has to go through that sometimes it'd be an hour sometimes it'd be a week sometimes it might be longer and you have to be committed and you have to have the agreement so that you stay committed and then you know eventually you get to that gratitude and and the gratitude can include um differences you know so you can actually agree to have differences, you know, and it's like, and you, but you feel good about it. You're like, well, it's like you and I talking about whatever it was, COVID, you know, like we agree to have different views 
And because we're from different realities and different cultures and different conditioning around us and we've kind of sifted it for ourselves and we've looked at all the information and then we take our view and we're like, well, this is the, you know, this is where I'm at now. <laughs> it might change. Um, but then you're kind of, there's a, there can be a deep love and a respect, you know, for someone else's positionality. And you real, that's where you realize, oh, it doesn't really matter actually. <laughs> It really doesn't matter. It's like we all know. It doesn't really matter what color you are or what where you're from or you know what your background is. Actually, at the deepest level, you know we're this. We are kind of part of the harmony. So yeah, that's hopefully that's a helpful way of also looking at the process underlying heterarchy as we move towards synarchy. That's super helpful. I'm excited to transcribe this and. You know, I, I need to see it. I want to see a chart. Yeah. Given how, you know, expansive the Gene Keys community is and we're spread out all over the world in your own travels, do you see any geographical pockets that are moving us ahead as a humanity in this conference? Are there countries or regions that are starting to implement these things? Um. I think there are there are groups of people working with it. Um, I mean, one of the things that one of the uh, some of the earliest groups um, I came across were in Eastern Europe, funnily enough, and um, Romania was a good example. And I love the Romanians. And I went there the first time, and I started to share all this stuff. And what do you um, love about the Romanians? Uh, I love their passion. I love the, their commitment. Um, and I'll explain why I love them because after I left the first time and I left them with the Gene Keys and they were all kind of excited and there was a huge group of people and, and um, there and you know mostly brought through my friend Andrew Fretwell who's a, a wonderful man who kind of introduced me into that community and um, and, um, and, so, and anyway so after we left um, there were all these kind of they all entered a competition with each other <laughs> <laughs> setting themselves up as jinkies this and jinkies that and and then we had all this feedback oh this person's doing this and this and this group are doing that and it's like oh my god these what are they on <laughs> and 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 we had kept hearing this and then um i don't know uh, like after a few years um of working continuously with the jinkies and, and a lot of romanians continue to come and learn and go deeper um I remember saying to um, a friend, like, how is it now in, the, in Romania? And she said, it's really good. Everyone is really kind of working together. I said, wow, it's so that's so different from how it was in the beginning. And she said, yeah, they've really kind of started to get, not everyone, but they've started to understand the basis of this and they've started to work together and collaborate. And that of course, collaborate, collaboration is, the, is one of the key words for like, you know, being able to create these heterarchies. Um, and yeah, so I, I love here, I loved, I've loved witnessing that from afar. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect or they're perfect, but I think that their passion carried them through it. And the others are the Bulgarians who are very different, um, very different style of people, um, more intense in a way. And- um, That's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah well there's this kind of passion wear your emotion on your kind of on your sleeve of the Romanians and then the Bulgarians were more like held but you know more cautious but underneath this incredible deep dark depth you know I mean dark in a good way and um and so they took it very seriously um the ones I know and 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 they've had their share of problems as well of course we all do but they kind of um you know they really modeled synarchy from the beginning as best they could and and maybe it was also partly because they had this incredible teacher Bain Saduno who actually coined you know he who spoke of synarchy and and I I kind of got the term um inspired from him so so I'm just checking because my um I don't know about the rest of the world. <laughs> Those are just a couple of examples. I'm curious to know how they were modeling synergy. I don't want to keep you too long, but I'm just curious when you say they were already modeling synergy. Um, well, I think they, you know, well, heterarchy for sure. You know, they started to kind of consider how can we do this in a, in a you know, in a way that really has justice and fairness um, and include everyone and so that everyone is empowered okay. and that we listen to everyone and they kind of that they took that as their first you know the people that in bulgaria um you know they begun that with that with those principles um and 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 maintained them as best they could and i think that you know it's been quite successful because they created a culture of that um in the beginning without it being kind of an imposition or a set of rules yeah, I'm which is always a, always a delicate that. balance. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it also often depends on the individuals, you know, if the individuals have really pure hearts and they kind of have clear minds and, and a real commitment to the core principles of how can I be of the greatest service to the whole? If that's their fundamental life view, then it's, it's, it can be powerful. Yeah. Same for anyone anywhere. And I, I'd love you know i'd love to hear more examples and i'm probably not plugged in enough yeah i'd be I'm curious sure to know from I... our community watching yeah. this what examples they have and i'm also interested that it's coming out of eastern europe that i guess saw the dark side of hierarchy yeah. you know in a different way than we have here in the west totally totally yeah especially those two countries um you know and hungary was another one but i and um and and czech czechia as well um you know where there was a lot of people very interested in these teachings mm -hmm. um, and you know Hungary for example there's still that dark energy is still very much part of their government um, and um, but you know yeah you're right in, in Romania um, you know it was only in the 80s that the regime kind of fell apart and right and yeah and Bulgaria also you know fairly recent so the, so the memory is very much in the people it's even in the young the younger people actually still not very young but you know it's still carried so yeah i think you're right i think you've got you're onto something there i i had that sense when i was there as well it's giving me a more well-rounded appreciation for the increasing tyranny and authoritarianism that we're experiencing here like maybe it's you know it's kind of like pulling back the slingshot 
to bounce us into a place where we're ready and resourced to really enact heterarchy. Yeah. So anywhere that anyone's experimenting with these ideas, it's, you know, it's absolutely, you know, like you are, it takes courage. It takes a spirit of adventure. It takes like that, that passion that I spoke of with the, of the Romanians and that intense focus, you know, of the Bulgarians yeah. and, you know, to really be able to kind of hold, hold a group of whatever size through that process I just described until yeah. you get to gratitude. Um, but wouldn't it be amazing if our our nations were able to do that? You know, if really? our yeah, well, they <laughs> will one day. Yeah, yeah. they were able to move through those dissonances, um, and they had processes and under and an understanding, a spiritual understanding that enabled them to stay, and realize that it wasn't about just words and working things out through strategies. It was the energy in the room, mm -hmm. and it was about listening. Listening is the key. You know. Yeah, yeah, such a such a, a more yin shift. Yeah, and that's why you, as you said, it takes it's going to take time. It requires patience, and yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what what had happened with the schools had it maybe some more patience or some more time. I don't know the the elements in play, but I I'm starting to understand that our misunderstanding of time might be getting in the way of evolving us into some of these structures well often you know the problem is that time is money isn't it and so in, in our modern world it's That's in, <laughs> in a, well in a business uh, it appears that way or in a, in a school for example um you know that if you if if it's set up in that way unless it has a lot of spare resources or it's set up in a different way um that can become a big pressure yeah you know absolutely that's the re that's just a reality for you know if you were to start with something from the beginning and you start with you know this is what i'm going to be doing with the pearl teachings later this year is sharing you know simplicity like if you start with simplicity and you maintain simplicity the whole way through and service you know if the business is fundamentally here to be of service and you maintain it, the simplicity at every level as it expands and it's self-sustaining, then you have a model that kind of doesn't get ahead of itself. You know, so it, it, that time pressure doesn't have to be there, you know, because almost every business, if it starts to succeed, a time pressure starts to come in. You know, yeah, you're and, right. It would need to be woven in from the beginning, a different yeah. aim, different priorities to allow more time and patience yeah and and space to listen really you know you've got to create those times like and, and everything's busy like i i know it with my but my business with gene keys is like you've got to create time to meet so that you can question what you're doing and go well are we on track you know what do we what do we need if it's if it's if something's becoming complicated if someone's becoming overwhelmed then we need to sort of stop and pause for a bit and and let the system catch up and us understand better what do we need to change here because if we carry on like this it's just going to make it worse you know because and, and that's what happens often in businesses you're feeding the beast and then it just and and, and it's a sort of addiction as well that we we fall into you know because it keeps us it's so much more compassionate to defer to the well-being of the players. Like if we're overwhelmed and feeling rushed, 
and let's pull back versus, well, let's work harder and do yeah. more. Totally. Yeah. To try and get that, to try and get to the holiday, you know. Right. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> I know. You've got to build the holiday in. Like, that's what the holiday in, excuse my. <laughs> <laughs> you build the holiday franchise <laughs> <laughs> the holy day you know every, every day has to be kind of a holy day that's my aim for 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 gene keys as a business so that everyone you know is enjoying their role and mm. if people aren't enjoying their role then there's something wrong somewhere yeah and you and you, and it's not that it's wrong wrong but there's a dissonance that needs to be listened to you know so you yeah. need to hear the feedback even if it's uncomfortable and then you need to go through the alchemy of whatever that involves you're going to have to make some changes probably might have to let go of some things so you know might have to pivot in our in our goals you know might have to cancel something yeah. that we had planned might have to you know a lot of a lot of difficult decisions we have to make to bring it back to like <sighs> breathing you know and this is where we started. Let's carry on. So, like, it's a constant process of simplification. Life is. That's so helpful. I mean, I know you guys are doing so many things, and I don't want to add anything, but I feel like as you're tweaking the internal structure, some sort of blog or reflective process for other people creating these structures for anyone who's who's creating and sustaining. Uh, hierarchical structure that would be helpful for everyone since we're all making mm. it up as we go along you know like I just learned so much from what you just said yeah. it's a really good idea actually I, I will um, I'll take that I'll take that and contemplate that Tony thank you okay thanks yeah it'd be really nice I mean one of the things that we we've we haven't we haven't actually met yet but we're going to have a council um, where lots of different representatives come together to hear what's going on in the business and everyone reports in, you know, a coherence council. Um, but it occurs to me that it might be quite good to have someone from outside the business um, also participate so that they could share any insights um, out to, you know, anyone who's interested in what we're learning. Yeah, because I've seen, I mean, just in the, what, 11 years now I've been in the community, I've seen so many tweaks and shifts and changes. And I'm always curious, like, why? And what are they learning? And what is improving from this? And I feel like some sort of log of that for mm. those who are tinkering with the structures, again, mm. not to give you guys any more work, and no. be so helpful, because I just see how much more streamlined and, and effective you guys are now. So, you know. Yeah, well, we've still got some some things that we need to attend to, <laughs> but you know. But then you know, it's it's a as I said, it's a constant process of asking the question like, is this still simple? Right. And is it still being of service? And you've got to ask that question every single day, and every individual has to ask that question of their role because uh, no one knows better than you if you if you're a, you know cog in a machine somewhere in a business and that's a nasty way of saying it but if you are kind of valuable valued part of a synarchy um but your little area is kind of becoming uncomfortable then you need to kind of take full responsibility for that and go well i need to first of all think how you know what is it instead of like this isn't working like what can i do what needs to happen here what do i need in order to find 
a kind of more peaceful rhythm again. And then you can like bring that feedback to the to the whole. You know? Absolutely. And, yeah. But it, so it's up to each individual in a way to, to kind of shape their own role rather than looking to the hierarchy like you know this isn't working i need more money or i need more help or i need you know it's like that which might be an answer but it's like what is you have to really contemplate like how can i shape this role or maybe it's not the right role as well so i either change the role or i reshape it or i jump out of it and and go somewhere else yeah i think we're because we're in hierarchy so much as like bottom lines, profits, results. It feels like in this stage of heterarchy, it's process and what are the tweaks? So when one individual takes that self-responsibility, makes those adjustments, I'm guessing it's gonna be helpful for the whole to know about it, right? Cause then we can all learn yeah. from that. So yeah, I think that transparency in process for those of us brave enough to, to delve into this unknown would be so helpful and supportive. You know, even when we're not working on the same projects or aims or companies or whatnot, it's just, you know, I've learned so much from this, just telling me about these small adjustments and just even the questions, is it simple? Is it serving? You know, just these baseline things are just so helpful. Yeah, good. Well, I, I'd love to hear how yours, your, your experiment goes as well. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and I, I will definitely take that in as, as a, you know, that's a really great idea. I'll think about that. Awesome. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom. It's always such a pleasure to drop in with you. Yeah, such a pleasure, Danny. I hope that I hope you find that um, helpful and inspiring. And um, feel free to share any of that. And I'll I'll, um, I'll kind of use I'll share this out at some point as well. So okay, fantastic. Yeah, people can hear. Thanks, Richard. Cool. We'll let that we'll let it go there. So. Um, that's, that was really fun. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was chockful. I didn't realize that there were, I love how the lines relate to the different processes. It's such a, I mean, it helps with the processes, but also helps with the ever unfolding understanding of the lines and how they're yeah. operating. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. It's nice to weave it all together, actually, because there's, uh, there's lots of little different bits, but when you bring them all together, they kind of begin to form a bit of a, a vision. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm excited about this new Delta experiment. Is it already in the works? It's been planned for a while. Um, and I think we're, we're, you know, I'll ask Pia about it. I, I know that she has a kind of, she, she wants to get it going and experiment with it. It's going to be an experiment. Yeah. Um, we don't know whether it'll work or not, but um, yeah, we'll, 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 you'll, you'll hear about it. Cool. It sounds exciting. I'm so excited for the pearl. Finally, yay! I know. I am too, actually. And I'm and I'm I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna, I'm gonna be on the be beating the drum uh, for for a few months, like just letting people know these, you know, the same things. This will be a really nice preparation, actually. Um, oh. So we can use we can share this as part of, you know, might take little chunks of this, or I don't know. I'll give it to. I'll give it to the guys and they'll see what they think of it. But thank you for asking these fantastic questions. Thank you for letting me, for being open. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, it's so great to see you, Richard. Yeah, love you, Danny. Just, love you too. You know, yeah, take care. Thank you 
so much for tuning into this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I trust that you enjoyed my conversation with Gene Keys author Richard Rudd. You can find more information about Richard, about the Gene Keys at genekeys.com. Please join our community there. Of course, you can find more information about me and how to work with me at dannykatz.com. I'm encouraging you yet again to join my High Vibe tribe, my online communities at locals, dannycats.locals.com, as well as at Patreon, patreon.com slash dannycats. Thanks again for hitting that subscribe button, for liking and sharing, and I'll see you next time, tribe. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.